special sounds with an ice cold beer. Cracking open on them, touching my lips from my friends at El Chagon, Four Corners Brewery up there in Dallas, Texas. Let's give them a little shout out. 1311 South Herve Street, Dallas, Texas, 75215, fcbrewing.com. Mm. Hey, what do you get when, excuse me, good lord, professional. What do you get uh, when you have two, uh, when you get a washed out cop and a washed out uh, quarterback coming together to solve crimes? Is it a new CBS hit drama? Sorry, wrong, wrong. Is it, uh, is it a new Netflix series that's going to be rough and gritty? Mm, sorry, that also is is incorrect. Uh, third and final guess. Yes, you at the end. Are you going with The Last Boy Scout? <laughs> Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis, when he had hair both on his face and on the top of his head, come together in a classic, a football classic movie, a movie that if you're going to argue, you know, what's going on in the world, you know, where's football going to go is... You know, and this is back when they really weren't worried about concussions, right? So they really thought just the game was going to get faster, stronger, and, and a lot more violent. And uh, it hasn't, right? It's gotten, I mean, it's still a very violent, violent sport. Don't get me wrong. We're going to go into a lot of this stuff when by we and me talking to you. Hopefully you're still listening uh, right into this. Already praying for listeners. Jesus. Uh, but no, we're gonna we're gonna go into some conspiracy theories a little bit about you know the NFL and what makes it fun and everything else and laugh off some of these conspiracy theories because one is just the bounce of the ball, but two there's you know there's a conspiracy about the death of a player and the violence and everything that happens and what is sports and, and more importantly to all of this really is it's like hey you guys guess what this is just reality man I mean stuff's gonna happen right it's going to happen. Things are going to happen in sports. It's an oblong ball. It's going to bounce weird ways. People are going to get hit. They're going to get hurt. They're going to be putting codeine in their pancakes. It's going to work. That said, doesn't mean you have to throw the baby out backwater. Also, I got some insights and thoughts on the kneeling that's going on. Don't turn your head or poo-poo it away yet on both sides of the argument there, kids. And some other things we also might want to be a little more a little more frustrated about. Now, before we dive right into this movie, there's going to be some interesting things happening. So one, um, I appreciate you guys loving the mashups. The last two ones, they were a lot of fun to do. A little go down, quick down memory lane with, with uh, some of my favorites. And uh, I just, I really appreciate uh, every, you know, all of you listening and tuning in and, and sending your comments, which you can always do at Talking During Movies podcast at gmail.com or ping us on um, Instagram really are the two best and we're at talking during movies. So I appreciate everyone who chimed in and, and uh, pointed out some things that I missed that they really enjoyed, like uh, Tim Kennedy's cheating part. You know, that was, that, that was a lot of fun as well. So um, yeah, I, I missed that one. I missed a lot of things. That's okay. It happens, but I appreciate that. And uh, I was going to do one with Jason Dick today. And you're like, where is Jason Dick? Well, he was, uh, he was carefully crafting his mullet uh last um last time i talked to him and now it's all shaved off and he's bald he's bald headed so he's a he's a bald ginger which is interesting i'd like to rub his head before hair gets too long that's for sure uh but no he's doing well but it's coordinating time so you got his schedule and he's a world famous comedian and dj you got my schedule god knows what that is then you have the schedule of lisa or uh, leslie why did i say lisa leslie and alan at dirty bills 
you know, and they work late and they got other things that they do in their lives. So when you add all that up, man, sometimes guess what? The bar's not available, kids. And that's okay. That is a-okay. That doesn't mean you don't love dirty bills. That doesn't mean I don't love Jason Dick. That just means that sometimes it doesn't happen and I'm not doing another mashup. I wanted to get on the mic. I wanted to have some fun. I wanted to, uh, to, to do this. Um, and why not do a football one as we just kicked off week one of the NFL season. So we're gonna do The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans. It's a fun one, great comedy, great, great stuff all around. Uh, Bruce Willis shoots with a six shooter. That's right. He's rough and tumble, he's tough. He's down on his luck and Damon Wayans is down on his luck as well. So there you go, there's the background. We're gonna cue up the film now and let you know as we count it in and then The Last Boy Scout. Here we go. All right, folks, and here we are. We are at 125, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. I wonder, I, I should have looked up. I totally forgot, totally forgot who the person is that uh, sings the opening song for the football. They've got the bad cheerleaders, and he's got the mullet and the great hair. It's amazing. You forget these graphics until you think about all the years you watched football, right? Monday night football and Sunday night football and, you know, how the pregame shows, how ESPN's evolved, how all this has evolved from fantasy football and everything else. You think about all the way it's changed. I mean, it was just maybe the national anthem that you saw at one point in time. Or, uh, it, was, it was never really Carrie Underwood up there. My dear friend Jane Wells, Shout out to Jane Wells. She was like, maybe it's time to maybe it's time we get someone else to sing the the Sunday night football song. And I'm I'm not against it. You know, I, I would like it if it was a different person every week, quite honestly. But you know, I'm sure there's a budget issue with that, or who knows. But anyways, I would love to see that. Uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about this movie, of course, yeah, Bruce Willis has hair. He has hair, folks. It's 1991. So those of you who don't know, those of you who were born in the early 90s just a baby or just a thought or someone was trying to make you while this movie was happening or made or just out there. Tony Scott, baller director, baller director. And then um, you, know, you got Bruce Willis with hair. So are you ready for some football? By the way, I wonder, I wonder how many people out there that listen to this podcast are sports fans or football fans, you know? Uh, and, and not only fans of watching, but maybe you played, uh, you know, you, you do the Turkey Bowl on uh, Thanksgiving, FYI, and mark this in your calendar. Just put it on the calendar, which is you want to you reach down, you want to grab the phone, you want to mark the calendar. There is a writer for the Wall Street Journal, a gentleman named Jason Gay. Fantastic writer. This guy is amazing. Yeah, amazing. And every year he comes out with the rules for... Uh, for your Thanksgiving flag football or Thanksgiving catch game. He's got it. He's got them down, you know, uh, from who's gonna burn the turkey to everything that's gonna happen. It is fantastic. It's laugh out loud funny every single time. You gotta love it. It's, check it out, mark it. You don't wanna miss it, that's for sure. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So there's your, there's your foreshadowing, if you will, of something you gotta look forward to on, oh my gosh, my turkey's dead day. Also coming up at the end of this month, folks, get ready uh, as we're, you know, because this, listen, football is about a couple of things, right? One, pure, raw, unadulterated talent. 
just the, the specimens of individuals, the, the way that they are moving their bodies, what they're doing, how, it, it's, it's talent, it is also entertainment, and if we're gonna add a third in there, you know, because of the biggest sponsors of football seem to be beer and not pain meds, which is weird. You'd think like Advil would be the biggest sponsor, but it's not. It's pain meds, or not pain meds, it's beer. So it's, it's really, it's, it's athleticism at, at its finest, and then it's, it's beer. And a little bit of entertainment. Did I put it in the right order? Probably wrong order. But there you go. So anyways, I hope you're having a beer. I'm having a beer. Uh, beer's good for you, kids. It, uh, it, it's good for you. Trust me. Trust me on a couple of things. One, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to beer. And two, yeah, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to beer. By the way, uh, this, um, this El Chingon is a 7.8 ABV. IBU is 72. The Plinko is 16.5. You rip the whole top off of this thing. It's great marketing, great ideas around the difference of what a can can make. These guys, this team, whoever the team is, men and women uh, up there did, did a fantastic job. FC Brewing probably gonna need a couple more shout outs as well. Four Corners Brewing, love them. Good beer, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice IPA. Very smooth, delicious, uh, great, great flavor. All right, so back, Back to the, the the movie here, the last Boy Scout. We're at the beginning. Football game's going on. Uh, I just spent the last weekend watching football. Hold on one second, got to take a drink. And um, you know, pre and post football. Uh, my good friend Lisa Weaver and her brother, who's also a, a friend of mine. Good friend. I'll call him good friend. He's a good friend. He's a great guy. Luke. Uh, very very nice people. Definitely see um, the, the world differently, which is okay, but he had made a post on, um, and this is where we're gonna get into a little bit of the, the Kaepernick thing to, to kick this off. Let's just, get, let's just get this out of the way. I wanna talk about this real quick, get out of the way, and then we'll, we'll get into the movie and the murder and the laughter, and movie murder laughter. Oh, good Lord. Uh, that, that's gonna happen, right? But uh, we, maybe before we get into this, we, we, we first, this gentleman is running down the field. He is going for a touchdown. There's one man in his way, and before he can do it, here comes the gun, baby, baby, and kablamo. Uh-oh. And now he's shooting defenders. Now he's ending lives and careers in an effort to score a touchdown. And then, in short, I do believe um, with the police coming after him, with everything happening, with everyone around, I, first of all, I don't know if that touchdown counts. Uh, oddly enough, and going into the Kaepernick story, he does uh, take a knee, and then he blows his head off. Ugh, ugly. Never, never a fan of suicide. That's just me. And then we get introduced to Bruce Willis and his dark, dark life of being a down and out cop that is looks more like a private investigator that is sleeping in his car and probably still a little bit drunk and hungover. Anyways, um, to the kneeling thing real quick. So here, here's here's my ten cents on it for whatever it's worth. Uh, the, you know, as I think I've told other people, the, the greatest argument that I've heard, and it's just it's a simple argument in that, is that they're at work on that day, and you got to do what your boss tells you when you go to work. And in some ways, yeah, you're a little bit correct, in some ways. However, when you put on them the otis of, uh, or the weight of being more than a, um, more than a, uh, a person who shows up to work, right? When you're a role model, when you're when you're engaging in the community, when you're teaching kids uh, how to play the sport, when you're doing reading events, 
and doing all of those things, I think it rises past a day at the office on Sunday because they're, de- they're, they're mixing your personal life with your professional life. In fact, they are, they are almost one and the same. Uh, you really don't have a separation. So in that, uh, I, I think that that removes that notion a little bit. And you have cameras on you and, and things from all over the world, people from all over the world looking at you and wondering who you are, what you did last night, what you're going to do in that game. And then you have the pressure of, let's say, the goofiness of fantasy football and everything else. It's more than just going into work and punching the clock. Uh, that, that would be my defeat for, for, for that argument. Now, I don't, you know, I don't suffer. I, I don't, I don't suffer. I, I don't have the, the weight or the baggage. I don't, I don't, I don't go through what the average African-American man goes through in this country. Um, there, there's a lot, you know, I just, I don't do it. I have friends, um, African-American and white, who played in the NFL. Uh, they're, they're great talents. And I look at them and I ask them. And I have friends uh, who have been in the military and I ask them. You know, and the military thing is, uh, is, is 50-50, right? Some are for it, some are absolutely against it. Uh, across the board, all the athletes that I know um, are, are, are for the kneeling as, as, a, as a peaceful protest. But more importantly, and one thing that I wrote about was, one thing that I don't understand is women get abused. Like Ray Rice, man, he, we got video of him knocking, knocking a woman out and then just dragging her lifeless body out of an elevator. You know, Greg Hardy, multiple times, allegedly beating his girlfriend almost to death. And how do we view this? And we don't, we don't view it the same way as we view kneeling. And this is what I don't understand. A peaceful protest, and you can agree or disagree with the, the protest, and you can agree or disagree with whether Colin Kaepernick has made a sacrifice or not because he's a very, he was a very well-paid, uh, quarterback, and you can agree or disagree with the idea that you know something's right or wrong. That, that's fine. But what I don't understand is we can all disagree with the fact that a grown-ass man hitting a woman, knocking her out, anything like that, it, it's not right. I think we can all agree on that, right? We can all agree that a grown-ass man hitting a woman at any time is, is wrong. It's just not right. It's wrong, 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 wrong. So if we can agree with that, then where's the protest on that? Where is the, where's the pushback on, on all of that? That's what I don't understand. That's where I get a little bit lost, is that people will protest a peaceful protest with, with their own protest, and they'll boycott and burn their Nikes, and they'll, they'll say, you know, Colin Kaepernick's a piece of shit. They'll um, say that anyone else that does it should get fired. The president gets involved with what is happening with someone taking a knee, but the president doesn't get involved with the citizens of this country that are legitimately getting hurt. You know, if you wanna get involved in stuff, let's get involved with stuff, right? Let's get involved with things. Uh, Let's get involved with the murders and and the shootings in Chicago. Let's let's get involved with, like I said, this domestic violence issue with professional athletes across the board. Let's get involved with drug use across the board with professional athletes and what's going on. Let's get involved with what, what, um, what we're going to accept or not accept when it comes to all these things. But that they're legitimately hurting people. Hurting people. The kneel is, can be offensive to you, but it doesn't hurt someone. It doesn't. It's, it's, it's an act of protest. 
And that's where I don't, that's, I just don't understand. And you know what, maybe I'm not meant to understand, right? But I don't. So um, I wonder why, and it's funny, so I did a post on this, and I, I just read a post where someone had talked about Colin Kaepernick, and under, in the one, there was about 106 comments, and underneath each comment, there were more comments, and comments on comments on comments, right? And it was, it was crazy. Comments on comments on comments. It was out of control. But then, here's the weird thing. I post something and I go, yeah, I don't, the kneeling thing, you know, I, I don't, I don't, um, I'm not against it. I'm just not. And if, if that's their sign of peaceful protest, I'm happy that they're peacefully protesting. Good for them. You know, and, and I want to protest the plight of, of anyone getting, um, getting treated the way that, that African males are, are generally treated in this country by, um, by, by people that, that we can all do a better job and we can all do a better job treating one another better. It's, you know, I mean, and, and someone's going to argue that, you know, oh, this person, I get it. However, you know, uh, I heard this great analogy, you know, um, it said, uh, you know, um, black lives matter. And this person's like, yeah, well, all lives matter. It's like, that's true, but let's take that to hunger. You know, um, you can say, uh, I'm hungry. Well, everyone's hungry. Well, that doesn't change the fact that the original person who brought up that they're hungry still needs food. All right, their lives still matter, you know, so let's, let's make their lives matter a little bit more, right? We, we can do a better job of making women's lives matter. We can do a better job of making men's lives matter. Uh, black men's lives matter, that is, right? We can do a much better job of that. So, that said, I think we're at a, we're at a real crossroads of what, we, of what we boycott and we get mad about versus, um, I don't know, you know, what we let slide. And in, in the idea of women's lives mattering and black lives mattering, man, we sure get pissed when, when, when either one of those, when, you know, in the, in the weird thing, uh, step out of line in whatever group they're in. And we need to stop that because they matter. Stop hitting women. Keep allowing peace, people to do peaceful protesting. There's nothing wrong with it, man. There's nothing wrong with it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you don't like that the NFL lets them do it, okay, you don't. I get it. I'm not mad at you for it. We can disagree on that. But can we just agree that it's also a peaceful protest? That is just them making a stand, trying to shine light, which by the way, they've done, it's done a great job of shining a light on an injustice in this society. Not saying there's not more injustices, not saying there's not more things happening. They're just saying that they've done a good job. And if you're mad about them doing that good job, find a peaceful protest and a way to do it. So there, soapbox off, we're moving forward. Uh, you guys have been cheated on, have you? My goodness. Um, Bruce Willis, last Boy Scout, he's home. I don't know his girl or his wife's or whatever her name is, but he noticed the toilet seat was up. And so he's pretty sure the man that's, that is sleeping with his wife is in the house. And I believe he thinks he's hiding in the closet, which is a bold move, Ty. The fact that the windows are open and that fool didn't jump out is amazing. And here's the guy, mustache, he's got hair, a little more than Bruce, not much, wearing his robe, um, you know, old buddy of his. I can't think of this guy's name either. I'm poor. This is where I wish Jason Dick was here, because Jason Dick knows every actor, but he plays that goofy game with, with Dev once a week on, on his radio show, and um, he, knows, he knows all these movies and all these actors, so he is, he is much more up to speed on this. But uh, uh, the sad part is it's his friend. You know, this is the bummer, bummer part. And here's what I don't understand. His wife's crying. She's like, I'm so sad. What are you sad about? You can't be that sad. I mean, one, 
stop. You you just are you sad that you don't have the balls to end the relationship? Are you are you sad that that you you're not sad that you cheated, or are you sad that you got caught? You know, I don't know. And of course, you know, Bruce has got the gun, and he's in a, what I would call everyone's in a precarious situation. Uh, you know, and it, it adds to him shooting out the wedding photo. And then they walk out together. And by the way, this guy, he's a chubby bastard. He's got bitch tits. Uh, he's got a very bushy mustache. I don't know, man. I'd be more upset about the fact that she was cheating on me with someone that's just not as attractive as me. Like, I, if I'm going to get cheated on, I for sure want to get beat up, right? And then the punishment, as two friends do, had her gut. Um, I wouldn't have been that nice, but that's Bruce, you know, smoking a cigarette. He just asked him, head or gut? Head or gut? And he goes with the gut. Ugh, I think I would have gone with the head. I think I would have taken the, the black eye, the shiner. I would have walked with pride with that. Uh, I think that would have been a little, a little, no. At least you could have been like, yeah, I got punched in the face today. Why? Yeah, well, I, I hid in a mirrored closet and then a man pulled a gun on me. Instead of him shooting me, I talked to me to punch me in the face. That seems better. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, I think it seems better. In my mind, it seems better. He is, um, he does his, you know, Bruce does drive an old, like, 70 Corvair, and this guy does drive a early 90s, those shitty early 90s Mustangs. Ooh, well, he drove it. Because when he starts it, Boom goes the dynamite, and that motherfucker blows up. Bam. Blows right up. Now his girl has a reason to cry, because Joe's dead. Now she can cry. Cry over the fact that your fuckboy just got blown up to kingdom come. Cry over that. Cry over the fact that fuckboy's dead, and now your man, your husband, you have to get on bended knee and ask him to investigate the last voice that you've got to ask him to investigate the death of your fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah, you modern-day Hester Prynne. You walk around with your scarlet letter and the smell of dick still on you. Bruce is going to take it on the chin like a champ. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna sit back, relax. He's going to figure out who killed his buddy that was fucking his wife. Better man than me. I'd probably move to a new state and just call it. Well, he lives in Southern California. I guess I moved to it. Eh, you move to a new state. You call it a day. And you just, you leave. So, and you know, this movie's about a conspiracy of a death and an exotic dancer's death and how Damon Wayans is tied in, how an NFL owner's tied in. And so I thought it'd be interesting also to uh, maybe go down the, um, by the way, is this, is this fucking movie sponsored by Marlboro? This is the fifth cigarette Bruce Willis has lit up in the first 19 minutes and 30 seconds. He's already smoked five cigarettes. That's impressive. I mean, the lung cancer has just got to be just on point right now. Good work. Uh, also, I find it weird that none, his car has all its windows, even though a car exploded right next to it, uh, right across the street. And his car didn't lose any windows. Power of the 70s, or maybe, maybe shitty editing. Who knows? And now we're with the exotic dancers dancing in a cage. I don't know. Someone explain strip clubs to me. Excuse me. I don't get it. I don't get strip clubs. I don't get them because I don't understand that you go to a place where you pay extra money for drinks and plus you give away money to girls, but you know you're not having a real conversation with them. You know you're not going to touch them. 
and you know they're not going home with you. So, you've got all the bases covered, right? No real conversation. They'll just say whatever you, you, you want them to hear or, the, you know, whatever that is. Um, no real opportunity. No real nothing. Let me know Halle Berry's in there. Hi, Halle Berry. How are you? Always looking good. Um, but she's not a stripper. She's a waitress in a strip club. Big difference. Big, big difference. But I'm just curious. I don't know. I just I don't understand the idea or the concept or whatever it is it's that, that goes on. I don't get it. So with that said, let me uh, take a big drink of beer here and we are going to move into the conspiracy theories of the NFL as this movie is a conspiracy theory. Sam Tripoli, hope your ears are burning just because I'm bringing up conspiracy theories. So drink. Consp oh, Eddie Griffith's a DJ. Tell you what, this is blockbuster talent, people. Block. If you haven't watched The Last Boy Scout, man, I hope you're watching with me right now. Also, man, just take some notes. Just kicking off careers, killing it with charisma. This is this is one of the best in the world, hands down. Hold on, though. All right. Conspiracy theories of the NFL. And here. We go. Number one, Tony. Oh, no, 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 no. Number one, the Colts sucked for luck. Now, this is a big thing with sports in general, right? You have the idea that teams and, uh, you know, when, when Ian Stonebrook was on and uh, Jason Dick and I talked with him, he, uh, he talked about, um, you know, that if the Spurs were going to lose Kawhi, and they did, and they're going to lose some more talent, and they did, um, that, uh, that it would be great if the Spurs just tanked the season. That even though it's, it's not good, that you need to tank, right? That at some point, you tank for the season, and when you do, then you get better draft picks. And a lot of people believe that the Colts just, as they were losing, they kept losing and lost more and more and more and more. And in that tank, they were looking just so that they could get the number one pick. And that number one pick was Andrew Luck. And that's been good and bad for him. I mean, one, it shows the value of what a good quarterback can bring to a team. Because when Andrew Luck was on point, he was on point. But also, let's remember, he had a lot of great people around him. When Andrew Luck was winning a lot of games, when, uh, when he was hoisting up some, some gargantuan numbers... Let's think about that offensive line and who led that offensive line. Khalid Holmes as his center, right? Khalid, I think, spent eight years in the NFL, an amazing athlete, uh, USC product. His brother, Alex Holmes, blocking tight end, USC product. His brother-in-law, a man named Troy Palomalu, USC product. Uh, yeah, and with that, um, we'll say enough that Troy Palomalu, I mean, seriously, hang on to your hats, kid, because that man is a monster of a human being and absolutely amazing so you have so many people believe that they tanked out their season in poor poor fashion just for the opportunity to get Andrew Luck and they got him and they signed him and then of course their seasons turned around Taylor Luck got hurt of course most recently and now he's kind of back we're hoping he's back for a little bit more a little bit better but you never know conspiracy theory uno numero number one number two Officials are people, and so officials have their favorites. And there have been pictures of officials cheering with teams after the uh, 
after winning a game, there have been pictures or there have been uh, things where replay assistants have been dating girls who have been at games or wives have been at games and they're, and they're wearing an, a team's jersey that's playing in that playoff game or that Super Bowl game. So those things happen. And you have to wonder, you know, do officials' biases come in? Well, they do because they're people. They're real people and they're, they are who they are. You know, and they're going to have biases. Listen, if you're an asshole to someone in the officiating group, then you're an asshole to someone in the officiating group. And, you know, you're probably going to get hit up a little harder, right, than, uh, than someone else. And that goes for basketball. That goes for soccer. Well, you got soccer. Soccer is just a bunch of bitches. Sorry. But that goes for a lot of people and a lot of different things. Uh, and that goes for the people at work and getting promotions and everything. So are officials biased? Do they have their favorites? Yeah, they do. Who cares? Uh, number three, Michael. Good morning, America. Good afternoon, America. America, America, America. Fox NFL. Strahan. The New York Giants sack king broke the sack record. Allegedly. Allegedly broke it. And they, they gave him that 22 and a half, right? So they gave him that half a sack. And that's what put him over over the edge, and a lot of you believe that uh, that it was it was it wasn't earned in any way, shape, or form, and it wasn't earned because Favre kind of felt Favre kind of they gave it to him, right? They gave him that that earning, and that is uh, I don't know. Do you, if it's given to you, do you take it? I, mean, I think if you're Strahan, you take it for sure, hundred percent, right? You get given that gift. You take it, but should it have been given to him, or should he have earned it? Uh, and or does his credit, his idea of who he was and all that he accomplished, did he already earn it? You know, I would say that it looks a little bit better if you're coming through the line or off the end, and you know, no one is, uh, no one stopped you, and or or you, you fought through a block and kapow, you got him. Uh, then I think you win. Then one hundred percent you win. Uh, you know, Favre letting you touch him and then fall over. Yeah, that's that's where it gets a little bit dicey. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I don't know as much of a conspiracy theory as it is a rounding error. And I'd say it was a rounding error that he just tied it and didn't break it. But that's my personal opinion. Uh, number number four, Super Bowl three was fixed. Now, this is an interesting one, right? Because both teams played absolutely awful absolutely awful both did uh they were just they didn't do well <clears throat> at all i got a little frog in my throat sorry folks but of course the new york jets really didn't do well and namath didn't play that well at all but the idea was is that a bookies got involved and uh b that New York realized, or the NFL realized that if this if this thing's gonna make it, if the NFL's really gonna make it, really gonna blow up and go in the right direction, then you need a major city to win. You can't have Baltimore, you can have the Baltimore Colts winning. No offense to Baltimore, not that it's a not that it's a, a city the size of Helena, Montana, or anything like that, but it's just not there, right? It's not it's not the New York Jets. So you needed the J E T S Jets 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 to win. They fixed the game. They won. There you go. Tony Romo. Well, I mean, Tony Romo is a conspiracy in and of himself, right? Uh, the, one of the most celebrated quarterbacks that never won an NFC Championship game, and, and for sure, because he didn't win one of those, never went to a Super Bowl. 
very, very, very articulate, uh, very smart guy in football. He did really well. He had, he had some great people around him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Romo just, he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do what Troy did, right? He just couldn't do it. But some people believe that in Seattle, when they were doing the NFC Championship game, what happened? Seattle gave him a slick ball, and that's why he fumbled. He fumbled that game-winning field goal kick because of a slicked ball, which is interesting. It's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't know if I buy it. You're a professional. You don't care how slippery that ball is. You get it. You catch it. You put it down. He kicks it. And you let the kicker decide the game, not your hands. But that's me. Deflate gate. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of people believe that the Patriots deflated the balls a little bit, easier to grab onto in the rain, um, a lot of controversy. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got some people that were, um, that were, of course, suspended for deflate gate, uh, Tom Brady being one of them. However, some people believe that the Colts actually deflated the balls in deflate gate to try to mess up Brady's throwing. That they thought that that would legitimately mess up his throwing. And did it? Mm, nope, it didn't. In fact, it made it better. But hey, what do I know? Hard to mess up Tom Brady's. And we're going to get back to Tom Brady and whether he was the greatest of, of all time in just a hot minute here. But let's get through the rest of these, right? So, Seahawks passing on the one yard line. Super Bowl 49, I believe, right? Passing on the one yard line. What are you thinking, folks? What are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you what you're thinking. You're not. You have Marshawn Lynch, which arguably was the best, absolute hands down best uh, running back in the NFL. And as he came out, he was ready for the handoff and they decided. Now, some people think that if Russell Wilson threw that pass, Pete Carroll would have an MVP uh, in Russell Wilson. And he loved Russell, really wanted to make that happen. But no dice. Uh, some other people believe that it was stuck in his head, right? That, that Belichick knew his call, that Belichick was, well, it looked and fainted like he was ready for the run. Carroll in the past had been stopped by the run at USC when he should have maybe done a fake handoff and then, and then, um, and then passed it. Who knows? But that said, he went for the pass, got the interception, bada boom, bada bing, Patriots win. Patriots win. Patriots win so by the Raiders. Now you'll know John Elway as a quarterback for the uh, Denver Broncos. Some people say he's a great quarterback. Others, you know, say he's a good quarterback. But there, there was a time when Elway was had an opportunity, or they wanted to trade him. So you was supposed to be drafted by the Raiders, and he said, "I'm not playing there. I refuse to play there. I'm not going to play there. This is bullshit. Never going to happen. Sorry." Never going to happen. And in that never going to happen moment, he forced a trade. And he really was the first prima donna. You can call anyone else you want a prima donna, but he was the first, right? He was um, the first to do this. And then you had Eli Manning doing it as well. All of this nonsense. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'll tell you what. There was some people believe that even when they ponied up for everything, that the NFL got in the way because the NFL didn't want the Raiders to be that successful. I don't know if that's true or not, but, and it's, it's an interesting one at that. Um, Ravens Niners Super Bowl, when the lights went out, the Ravens were putting on a kick-ass performance, 
beating down the San Francisco 49ers. Now, an interesting side note on this. Prior to that Super Bowl, every Super Bowl the San Francisco 49ers went to, they won. In fact, they were the only team to go to more than two Super Bowls and never lose a Super Bowl. That was one of the, one of the things that the Niners could put up there and shine and be like, hey, we don't go every year, we don't do this, that, or that, but in the grand scheme of things, when we go to the big dance, we win at the big dance. And with arguably two of the best quarterbacks to ever play, Joe Montana, who I believe is the GOAT, and Steve Young, who's really, really darn good. But then came Colin Kaepernick, and he threw a pass that was just a little bit off. Maybe he should have ran it. Shit, I don't know. But, you know, they're down by five points, and uh, that's what happens, right? That's, exact, that's just what happens, kids. So they lost, first loss um, in a Super Bowl by the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of weight to carry, I'm sure, for a young quarterback as well. And for, for that whole team, not just the quarterback, but for everyone on that team. He wasn't just that last pass. There was a lot of mistakes that were made. But that said, I believe right after halftime, the lights went out. Multi-billion dollar corporation, they're in New Orleans, I don't think some people liked the way the spread was working out, gamblers, and the lights went out. And no offense, but New Orleans has a checkered past. Checkered past. Checkered past. You know, I listen to myself sometimes, and I see myself repeating things multiple times, and I hate it. I don't know why I do it then. Anyway, sorry about that. Not going to edit it out, though, because we don't edit it. Uh, checkered past on all of these things in gambling and in, in, um, in conspiracies, New Orleans, and this is one of them. So the lights go out, and when the lights go out, guess what? San Francisco has a little more time to rebound. The Harbaugh's have a Harbaugh moment, and wouldn't you know it, bada boom, bada bing. Niners come back, but they don't win. Finally, you know, the Patriots are in a, in a lot of, uh, they could have their own conspiracy column in the NFL, uh, but Spygate is a big one, right? Uh, they just believe that they, um, well, they're cheaters, and they got caught cheating. You know, it's weird. Lance Armstrong get, gets caught cheating. And by the way, a lot of other people got, actually, Armstrong never got caught. Let me, let me rephrase this. Lance Armstrong admitted to cheating. He never got caught cheating. And they removed his wins. They just removed them. Uh, there's another guy. Uh, there's, there's other teams that have been caught cheating, right? And some have been, their, their wins have been removed. The, the, the Patriots, no, not so much. They get to keep, they get to keep, they get to keep. They get to run, they get to run, they get to run. It's just how it works, man. Bill Belichick has naked pictures of Roger Cattell with a goat, and they're they're doing fun things. I don't know, but it's just it's weird, right? They really, I mean, they, they got some suspensions, but they didn't take away any wins. I don't know where in sport. I guess it's individual sports you lose wins. Team sports, um, you can you can lose draft picks, you can lose money. I guess you don't really lose wins. I probably done some research and found out who who loses wins or who doesn't, but it doesn't seem like they they lose wins. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Uh, individual sports, it's taken away. Team sports, it's not. I don't know. Huh. I never thought about it that way. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to have a quick pause. I have to walk over to the refrigerator and my lonesomeness. As I'm here doing this by myself, you're like, no shit, Jason. We're just hearing your voice and only your voice. Uh, to grab another beer and crack one open, another El Chagón. I think they make that a song. All day ales. Really liking this. All right, one moment. And he's back. All right, so all, through all the conspiracy theories, a couple things have happened in the movie. One, the often copied, never duplicated, very talented and beautiful 
Halle Berry's been shot. And now the conspiracy deepens. And our new duo in Wayans and Willis, W2, watch out for it. They're coming at you. By the way, I hope it was the last Boy Scout too. But Wayans and Willis, and I say Wayans and Willis because W-A-W-I, Wayans and Willis are now buddies. They're now, they're going to work this case together. Why? Because Wayans has talked him into it. He's talked him into doing this and making some magic happen. So, boom, circumvent the door. By the way, this is where I learned the word circumvent. As uh, Wayans shows off his beautiful and deep knowledge of the English language. Impressive. And throwing a curveball to Mr. Bruce Willis. But yeah, so the conspiracy's deep and Halle Berry's dead. Uh, we're learning that there's a politician that uh, Bruce Willis used to protect. He does not protect anymore. And the reason is, quite simple, the guy's a dirty piece of shit who hits one, gets off on hitting one. Not something you should do. Ooh, getting back to the beginning of the podcast. You don't hit the ladies. I don't care what they do. It does not fucking matter. You don't hit women. Bruce Willis stood up to him. Guess what? Bruce Willis lost his job. He sacrificed in the defense of a young woman who is not protected. I don't care what she does for work. Doesn't not fucking matter. You don't do it. You don't hit the ladies. Super simple. There you go. Let's uh, take a drink of this beer I just opened. I would have opened it on the uh, on the mic, but you rip the whole top of this can off. You you literally you rip the whole top off. And in ripping the whole top off, uh, it's it's just it's listen holding the mic, ripping a top off versus popping it open with one hand. It's, it's a fucking nightmare. So I'm not doing it. So there you go. So there's your answer. Really is, really is delicious though. Four corners, sexy, beautiful people. Um, yeah. So Wayne's is looking for his drugs. He's trying to get his pain meds so that he can um, get happy and he finds a uh, finds a tape and finds some money. Now, now we're getting into the thick of it. Now we're learning who the players are. Now we are learning what the fuck is going on. He's like, hey, look at this fake cam, fake photo. Real tape and some real pictures. Yep, with the dirtbag piece of shit Bruce Willis used to protect and a football team one. All right, so you're all caught up. So let's get back into some NFL stuff real quick. Greatest quarterback of all time. Who is he? So here are, here are probably the contenders that I see, right? Peyton Manning, contender. Um... Uh, John Elway, contender. Tom Brady, still playing, contender. Drew Brees, contender. Uh, Steve Young, contender. Joe Montana, greatest of all time. You know, uh, I don't, I don't see. I mean, he's the greatest. So I don't know who else you put there. And here's here's my reasoning for it, right? Are his numbers the absolute best? No, they aren't. You know, if you want to, did he work with some great, great talent? 100% he did. He had, he had Jerry Rice, who was arguably the top three greatest wide receivers. I'd say number one of all time. Number two, Randy Moss. Number three, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Those are your three. 
that's where that's where you win, right? So that's what you had. Uh, he had Jerry Rice. He had Roger Craig. He had he had Tom Tom Rathman. Uh, who else did he have? I think that's who Joe Montana is, his running back, right? Um, so, you know, it's, he had a good offensive line. He had, a, he had a strong defense around him. He was very, very talented. Montana was. Uh, but Joe went, every Super Bowl Joe went to, he won. His winning percentage, he came back. Everything about him was winning. It just was. Now you go next in line, who people call the GOAT, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been to more Super Bowls, hands down, so he's had more opportunities to, to lose, but he's lost. He just has. So if you look at teams and what teams play to do and what teams play to win, they play to win the Super Bowl. They play to win their division, then they, they play to win the, the Eastern or Western Conference Championship, and then they play to win the Super Bowl. Now, who's done that better? Joe Montana has, because Brady's, Brady's played more, Arguably, but he's lost more. Now, what I give Brady is is what Brady does really, really well, and that is Brady takes talent or lack thereof or unknowns, and he makes them really good. However, with really, really good talent, Brady just doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't win with the great, great talent around him, which I don't understand. When he had Randy Moss, and it's not that it's 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 Brady. It's not that it's Brady's fault. Uh, their, their defense let them down, some others. In fact, the guy who's beat him the most is Eli Manning, who you're not, I'm not even putting in the top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yet he's won two Super Bowls. He's won more Super Bowls than John Elway. He's won more Super Bowls than Drew Brees. He's won more Super Bowls than um, Ben Roethlisberger. He's won more Super Bowls than Steve Young. And would you put him in the top 10? Would you put him above any of those? No, I wouldn't, right? So, I mean, how many is, is he is he won for? Let's see, what do we what else do we got here? We got him. We got. I mean, how many is Peyton Manning won? One. Peyton Manning's won one Super Bowl, right? So his his brothers got more wins than him, and he's beat well, who some call the greatest of all time. But he lost when he lost when um, when there was when he had Randy Moss. When he had an undefeated season, right, and then they lost the Super Bowl to Eli. Now, mind you, there are some there are some whimsical catches. There are some great great things that happen. But seriously, you're you've lost to him twice. That's just it's crazy. You're not the greatest of all time when you're losing to a quarterback and a team that you're not ranking in the top ten of all time. You're just not. It's so I don't know that, but that that's me. That's my personal opinion. Uh, Elway's just not there because he just lost too many. Peyton's not there because he lost too many. Um, Brees, Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's just falling off, the, uh, falling off the cliff, right? It's just, he's a mess. He's an absolute fucking mess. All of them are, in some ways, a mess. And they just, they didn't win consistently like Montana did, right? Uh, you, you, the only ways you're putting, the only reason you're putting, um, you know, Brady above Joe is just the fact that over 40, over 40, Brady is just is is doing so much more than anyone else has done. I would say is the greatest NFL player of all time. 100% Brady is the greatest NFL player of all time. There is no doubt about it that he is he is that for sure. But he's not the greatest quarterback. 
overall greatest NFL player. I will give that to him hands down, and even even in in his, in his coach's cheating ways, but he is not the greatest quarterback of all time. Giving that to Joe Montana. So there you go, folks. There it is. There is your quarterback NFL breakdown. Now let's get into something else here really quick. Is Bruce Willis, his car just blew up. A uh, little C4 happened. Boom, boom, boom. He's, he's, his, his car is blown up. He's, he's getting Damon Wayans out of there. The Willis to Wayans, the, the Wayans-Willis combo, man, they're, they're trying to, he's getting beat up a lot. And now he's getting yelled at. You know he's got a concussion. He took a gun to the head. It's crazy talk. It's absolute crazy talk. Who takes a, who takes a metal pistol to your dome and then gets yelled at? Concussion protocol. Take that man to the hospital for crying out loud. Drink, hold on. That was really good. Oh, that was so delicious. I'm telling you. You watch a sports movie, you watch the football, you open up a beer. I don't know what it is. I think there's things like um, movies, uh, certain movies, or certain environments, uh, certain music you can listen to. And, and in those, right, they, they, they call for they call for a cold one. They call for a dip in the pool. They call for singing out loud late at night. All of those things. They are what they are. And uh, this, is, this is one of those moments, right, where, man, you see, you see Willis, you see Wayans, football, conspiracy, smoking cigarettes, he's getting beat up, his voice a little graggly. You know, Wayans pretty and fresh as ever can be, man. One of the funniest guys to walk the planet. You got all that going on. What do you get? Get a time to crack open a beer. I mean, this is one of those movies. If you're if you live here in Austin or you're not, I mean, you go to the Alamo Draft House here in Austin. I don't know what you go to in your city where they serve beer and uh, pizza and food, and you order it. You order an IPA or you you know what you actually do. I mean, I'm drinking a, I'm drinking a really nice IPA here, but this is a movie you could sit down and crack open a Budweiser too. In fact, the other day I was uh. I was in Galveston, Texas, down there with, uh, with the fam, hanging out. Take my daughter to this place. She gets a couple mini burgers. I get a small pizza. I look at the gal, and we're at the beach. It's muggy out. It's rainy. It's just, uh, it's just the weather is awful. The weather is absolutely awful. I look at the gal, and I'm like, you got a Budweiser? And she's like, huh? You know, I've got a craft beer t-shirt on. I've got a Dirty Bill's hat on. She's like, oh, this, this is this guy. This guy is the pumpkin spice latte of IPAs. Like, he's going to try to drink every local IPA we have. And I looked, just looked at her and I go, you got a Budweiser in a bottle? Like, I just want an ice cold Budweiser and a small pepperoni pizza. Monday night countdown is on and the TV. My daughter's coloring. She's having a great time. And this place just smells of, of fried food and pizza. And, and I can smell the ocean behind it as, as, it, as it comes in through the windows and that humidity and, you know, the, the cleanliness, just the clean, the crispness of, of a Budweiser at some point in time. And I know all my, all my microbrew friends are probably right now just crying, just, what are you saying, Jason? How could you possibly, how could you possibly ask for a Budweiser? Pretty fucking simple. Sometimes you need a Budweiser. Or you need a Coors Original, or you need a Pabst Blue Ribbon, or you need a Highlight, the Champagne of beers. And on those special occasions, you get an Oli. And an Oli beer, man, I'll tell you what, they are delicious. Gotta love an Oli. Absolutely. 
Uh, interesting note here from the 90s, right? So I think that the 90s prepared the world for the two things. One, you know, maybe this is a conspiracy theory in here, right? Is they, uh, they did this thing where they gave us rough and tumble men in the movies that did a lot of things, that were super aggressive. They smoked cigarettes, they drank too much, but they worked really hard, but they always left their family a little bit behind. And in that, you have these crazy fucking kids, right? You have these kids, like they, Bruce Willis's daughter, she's talking with a beaver, you know, and she's making fun of Damon Wayans because he has his number shaved in the back of his head. She's doing all these things to have some fun. And, you know, what's going on? Exactly. He's getting, you know, Willis is getting nice. He knows, and maybe part of the trauma or part of who he is and what drives him is the fact that he's, uh, He's not a uh, he's not a good dad. So he's trying everything else to be a good dad. You know, he he talks about his daughter wearing too much makeup. He thought she was a fucking raccoon and almost shot her. You know, he's he's eating ice cream out of the tin. He's he's not parent of the year, but there was a whole there was a whole marketed year genre of of this bad dad distraught child. Look what we've got going on here. He's not making a lot of money though. He's uh he's just struggling through life, and it's come it's you know it's still a bad dad right? I mean he takes he, and this is something that I probably do with my kid, and it, it's embarrassing when you watch it, but you think oh yeah I know I've probably done this right? You're like hey you want some ice cream? I got your favorite ice cream. Like no I don't want fucking ice cream. It's gross. I hate ice cream. You're like great, just throw it away. He just takes a whole thing of ice cream and throws it away, and then they get into an argument. Now my daughter's five, right? But I, I so I don't say I do this now, but I foresee myself right. You know I foresee this where. You know, but but instead of being rough and tumble because I'm not that guy who's getting into fights and smoking cigarettes and and doing any of that stuff, right? I am I'm the guy who is working, 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 traveling, working, doing all sorts of craziness, and then wondering what's going on. And it's like, yes, sir, asshole. You know what? You just you you've missed out. And and I think that's the miss, right? So it's it's changed from the rough and tumble. I don't make any money, but I'm I'm doing the best I can, and I'm actually the good guy here. I'm not a great dad, but I'm trying my best. And my kids hate me too. I'm not a great dad. I'm gone Monday through Friday, uh, but I FaceTime you, and then you know I wonder why our relationship struggles. And I'm not I'm not there right now. Don't get me wrong. I'm very very fortunate with the work that I do. I'm able to pick my daughter up, I'm able to drop my daughter off at school, pick her up from school, hang out with her, uh, cook her dinner most nights, you know, um, watch little movies with her, pop popcorn with her. Do arts and crafts with them. So I'm able to do all of these things. All of them. And that's very, very fortunate. But you can see in this society where it's changed, you know, where we've gone from tough men to kind of softer men, uh, working our jobs or traveling or doing whatever that may be. And in doing all those things, we miss out on these relationships. And it's this drive, you know, everything's getting more expensive, but we're not getting paid more. So in the world where we're not getting paid more, well, guess what? You're not getting paid more. So you gotta work harder, gotta work more. Why? Because you gotta keep the house, you gotta pay the tax on the house. Taxes, you know, taxes aren't, aren't they go up. Housing taxes go up, whether, whether you make more or make less, it does not fucking matter. There's no scale that says, oh, you didn't make that much this year? Well, your house still went up, so you gotta pay more, bitch. Where's your check? You know, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a weird, weird thing that uh, a, a world that we live in where all of this happens, you know, um, 
it's uh, I don't know. It's heartbreaking, right? Because I know people that have tough, tough relationships with their kids, and I know people that travel and have great relationships with their kids. So there's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. In fact, if anything, what you can learn from this is that it's, it's individual. You know? So one, you don't judge the book by the cover. Two, you understand that more than likely, you know, it's, it's best if you're, if you're around as much as possible. But hey, if it can't happen, then, then you make the best of the situation no matter what, what that is. Um, you know, and some of us, you know, we, we, some some people just don't don't do that. They don't make the best of it, and instead, they uh, I guess you'd say they um, they make the worst of it. So yeah, there you go. Parenting 101, right? With that another sip of beer, please. Hold on. Oh, it's delicious, man. Those are big gulps, kids. Big big gulps. Big gulps party, people. Uh, how are you guys doing out there, by the way? I, you know, I asked, uh, you know, if you guys are doing the NFL. I'm doing fantasy football. My team got a C. FYI, not doing. Uh, but they won the first game. So take your C and shove it, Yahoo. You see, how's my team looking? So it's it's not good. 100. percent I mean, it's not great. We don't know if we're going to play fantasy football, and it's like we're going to pay, or we're not going to pay. Nice group of guys. Um, but yeah, you know, just who knows? So you gotta gamble a little bit, gotta have a little bit of fun. I don't know, excuse me for the burp. I don't know where we, um, you know where you guys sit on fantasy football. I think it's, I think it makes the game a little more enjoyable, right? I mean, some of this is just, it's a little more enjoyable. Uh, you gotta watch individual players as well as teams. My, uh, you know, my team, San Francisco 49ers, I uh, was very blessed when I was younger to wait on Mr. Ed DeBartolo, who used to own the team. So it made it a lot of fun to watch them and cheer for them. Also, uh, my dad was a was a big football fan, and he had the teams that he liked uh, that were not the San Francisco 49ers. He was a big Dallas Cowboys fan, huge ri rivalry there. So I liked them, and he would always ask me, "Why do you like why? Why would you like this team?" Well, it was easy. I was born and raised in Montana, and they had a quarterback named Joe Montana. And now someone's rewinding rapidly, going, "Did he just call Joe Montana the goat? Quarterback goat, 100 percent." Uh, do I have bias? Sure. Want to add that onto the list of other biases that I have? Absolutely. But if you look at what you play the game for to win the Super Bowl, what do you get? That's right. You get a Super Bowl win. And Montana's just done it. That's just how it is. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, da -dun 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 -dun. So Bruce Willis just walked in, and he really is a fucking Boy Scout, right? And all the pain and all the shit that he lives through, he just walked in on Damon Wayans about to bump some codeine or some Vicodin, right? Where he's got, he's got it out of the pill, he's got it all crushed up, and he's going to sniff it, he's going to inject it in, right? Because his knees are blown and his shoulders blown, and he's just living in pain. Now you take the is like, just listen, man. He, he, Bruce takes it. Flushes his shit down the toilet, tells him to get the fuck out. And he's like, man, you don't understand the pain I live in. You don't know what I'm going through. You have no idea. Here's the difference, right? So for those of you that listen to the Tim Kennedy podcast, Tim's just a different guy, right? He's a different guy. Like he doesn't want, he doesn't want an Advil after after losing a fight. When they're sewing up his face at the UFC, when they're sewing up his face, he's like, don't give me a local. Don't give me anything thing you I want to feel the highs and the lows I want to feel the pain 
and I get it for the moment. Like I, I kind of understand it for the moment. I don't get it for life. Like I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm. I guess I'm in Damon Wayans' boat a little bit, right? Where it's like, hey man, there's there's drugs that, that take the pain away so you can walk around. You know, not not the moment of of the game where I don't think he's bumping the lines in the game, right? But but the moment of of hey, what uh, what do we got going on here? Well, you know, you got a lot going on. And I want to, you know, I want to get up and go see my wife, or I want to go do this, or I want to walk down the beach, and you can't do it because your knees hurt, because your ankles hurt, because your hips hurt, because your back hurts. And now, of course, there's, there's probably a lot of other ways and a lot of other therapies to do that you don't have to take drugs, because drug, but drugs don't just mask the pain, right? Drugs also make you feel good. And there's a part of that that you, you've got to accept. You've got, to, you've got to step in there and accept and go, you know what? I for, you can't forget that point that the drugs actually make you feel good as well. So, you know, I think that's where, where people kind of uh, mess up or, or miss out, you know. Um, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, on the podcast, and we're watching this where Damon Wayans is a very, very, uh, very, very big quarterback, and the girl asking for an autograph, and we're wondering, you know, it's like, do you. Do you still do autographs? I guess it's, it's it's the world of selfies where someone grabs you and just you, you take a picture with them or they take a picture with you or if you're famous, right? And in that world, what do you do? Well, you know, you just you kind of do your own thing. It, it is what it is. But um, this is where you get the name, by the way, name drop to the daughter of the last Boy Scout. So there's your name drop, FYI. Uh, I always love it. I like to point out in movies when they take the movie, when they take the idea or the concept, and then they put the name of the movie in the movie. And now Mr. Damon Wayans is about to, oh, he's buying a newspaper on the side of the street in a, in a, in a tasseled leather jacket. Love the jacket. Talk about NFL or just professional sports athletes fashion. We've gotten tuxedos and shorts. We have, uh, what else? You got tuxedos and shorts. You got backpacks. Remember the backpacks were in the little backpacks that the big guys would wear? Yeah. Little backpacks. Oh, and they throw a Damon over the edge. And oh, if he thought he was in pain before, he is in real pain now. And in leather pants. You know how much, you have to, you know how much your ass has to sweat? Your balls have to sweat in leather pants in Los Angeles? My God. That has to hurt in just in, in just stickiness that has to hurt. Oh, ooh, what a funk. But anyways, yeah, leather pants, nasty. Do not wear leather pants. Back to my fantasy football, or back to your fantasy, or back to fantasy football. If you do play it, I just, I'm curious why, um, you know, I like the camaraderie of it. I like being able to, you know, have fun, talk with people. I like the idea of, of, of recognizing and seeing other players' talents. You know, um, hold on one second. Mm. <sighs> Delicious. Delicious. No, I, I really, I like the idea of recognizing talents. Um, I like the idea in, in, uh, in seeing where people are great. I, I think it's hilarious when, when people get mad, like, that guy sucks, fucking can't believe it, you brother, dirt, so mad. Hold on a second, champ. One, 
we can't hold that guy's shadow, let alone his jock strap. They're doing things we can't do against players that may be having a better day than them, doing better things at better times. Bada boom, bada bing. Nobody in the NFL sucks. Nobody does. If they're playing the NFL, they don't suck. It's just that simple. They don't suck. All right? They're good. They not they may not be as good as the elite players that are out there, but they're good. In fact, they're great. They're, and guys that don't make the NFL, team people that don't make the NFL, that go play other sports like the UFC, you think about dominators. You think about, excuse me, you think about people that were great in the UFC or really good that couldn't make an NFL team, right? Still exceptional athletes, great athletes. They can do amazing things with their bodies. Look at, uh, look at Brendan Schaub, who is uh, famous for fighter and the kid, uh, famous for is, is below the belt. I mean, this guy, stand-up comic. Listen, there's nobody that – I find me someone that works hard. You know, it's like him and – it's him and Joe Rogan that do 9 million things and find time and are sponsored by coffee companies and just move, 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 move. That's all they do. They're just – they're constantly doing things. And if they're not inspiring you, who is? But he said, what, I had a cappuccino with the Bills and that was my stint with the NFL, right? It was quick and then I was done. Well, that guy played Colorado. He's the man. He is the absolute man. And you think about that, he played an amazing sport at an amazingly high level. At an amazingly high level. And he couldn't make it in the NFL. And then he went on to contend for a heavyweight championship at the UFC and fought some of the absolute best in the UFC and beat some of the absolute best in the UFC. And then realized that not only could he beat some of the best fighters in the world, not only is he great at jiu-jitsu, not only is he great at boxing, not only is he great at grappling, but his mind and his mouth are 10 times better than his hands and his feet. His mind and his mouth are 10 times better than his hands and his feet. And he proves it on a daily basis. Insight, thoughts, criticisms, assessments. Wow. Think about that. You think about that guy and how smart he is and how he breaks down fights and how he breaks down and, and uh, situations and makes you laugh. And T-Fat K, fighter and the kid. You think about all the things that he does, everything that happens and what he does, all of those things across the board that are that, that, are that much better than his hands and his feet that were also made him a division one football player that allowed him to get a cappuccino with the Bills that allowed him to be an all-star in the UFC. You think about all those things. And then you think about the running back that did make it that you call a piece of shit or that doesn't run or can't do anything. Watch your fucking mouth. You. Watch your mouth. Okay? Watch it. Because that man is a specimen. He's doing things at a different level that you, you cannot understand. You can't understand. Physically, people are moving faster. One of one of my good friends uh, played at Michigan and played played in the NFL. Chris Howard, shout out to Chris Howard. Just absolutely amazing. 
really, really nice guy. Love Chris Howard. But I remember him telling me, he was just, he goes, I just, I can't believe, you know, I used to hit the corner in Michigan. I would hit the corner and I knew and I'd come around and boom, break through. And that's just what I did. And when I got to the NFL, I hit the corner and there were two dudes waiting for me. <laughs> he goes, I didn't make the corner. He goes, it was a different game. They're faster because you're taking all these colleges, all these people, and they're running at different levels. And he's dominating at the division one because he's the best of the best in that division, in that group with those people. But then there are other people all over the country that are faster, stronger, and better. And all of them get drafted and go to the NFL. And you got to meet those people firsthand, helmet to helmet, shoulder pad to shoulder pad, and just crushing, crushing blows, figuring out where you sit on the totem pole of the most elite athletes in the world. Right? And now Chris is producing television shows and giving strategy. And he's also one of those very gifted people that looked and said, yeah, I'm really, I actually made it in the NFL. I did it for a while. Man, I, he played for, I think, three different teams. Three different teams. Raiders, Charlotte, I forget who else. Maybe only two. Sorry, Chris. I do not have your, 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 uh, your sheet in front of you. But, um, in all of that, Howard was amazing. He really, really was amazing. When, when you learn about him and, and what he does is he still figured out that he was better at being an artist. And I wonder, and my, my sample size is two. So let's just be, well, it's, it's actually three. Business and arts, right? It's probably three. Um, Alex Holmes played in the NFL. He is extremely smart, very, very talented. Uh, very nice guy. His, his brother Khalid, also extremely smart, very talented, played in the NFL, as we already talked about. You you wonder about these these people, right? Their their bodies and their their, their bodies are, are so adept to one doing things that that other bodies can't do, and, and, and two creating speeds and, and, and presences of power that, that no one else can have, that no one else does have, right? And in all of that, they're greater. They find greater success outside. They find greater success outside of the game and, and you know my sample size is small but my sample size is, is very real in the fact that i know personally some of these guys i don't know brendan shaw to save my life uh, but you know he's, I, i've i've heard him uh i listen to his podcast i, I listen to what he has to say i, I find him very very funny and, and, and insightful so in that in those things i look back and i'm like man i wonder how many of these people are they're physically so gifted that it's the easy way out. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll take it off football here for a hot minute. Gilbert Arenas, who I think is, is a wizard in breaking down the NBA, breaking down moves, breaking down players, breaking down the game in and of itself, right? The guy is a wizard, an absolute fucking wizard. How he doesn't have a show on Showtime, I don't know. He was a crazy basketball player. He brought guns. He shot from almost half court. He was an assassin on the court, and he was batshit crazy, it seemed like, off the court. But if you want a man to break down a game and turn those other men into boys 
for not only what he could do against the best of the best on the court, but how he can break them down off the court. It's Gilbert Arenas. There's, he has a YouTube show, but he should be on Showtime. He should be unfiltered and on Showtime like they have <clears throat> the NFL, inside the NFL. They need inside the NBA. Now, that would be absolutely amazing on so many levels, so many levels. But that's where he's greater at talent. He's greater, he seems better at breaking down the game than he does at playing the game. And he was no slouch playing the game by any way, shape, or form. He was an absolute beautiful person to watch on the basketball court. Beautiful to watch. But his mind's that much better. It's that much better in understanding and doing the game. And maybe you need both, I don't know. But Shab the same way. Alex Holmes with his company is very successful the same way. Um, Chris Howard with his talents and, and, how he, and how he sees the world and how he edits and produces and teaches himself all the time the same way. They're just better. They are hands down better than they were at their initial profession that maybe spawned them into something else, that maybe pushed them into something else, maybe gave them the right relationships to do something else. But they're just, they're, they're better at the others. They really are. So yeah, so there you go. There's uh, there's my, my breakdown on um, <clears throat> on those as well. Well, I'm gonna throw it still. We have uh, some epic rains and some crazy uh, crazy weather here in Austin. Nothing like what's happening on the East Coast. Uh, prayers go to those people, man. Hope you're doing well. You found safety. <clears throat> but uh, we do have a little bit, and uh, it uh, impacts me in uh, different ways. And some of that, some people call those allergies and so the allergies uh yeah they're kicking my ass they just are but hey that's what happens man it is what it is party people so bruce willis catch up damon wayans has been thrown over and over thrown off an overpass bruce willis has uh been kidnapped and uh damon uh damon wayans is going to try to rescue him and he's got to go someone's got to go Oh, and Bruce Willis's daughter is there. So, Wayans and Willis, back in action again. Buddy cop movie, love it. Buddy sports movie, love it. Football, love it. This is why you watch this movie. You know, it's like, you know, like people are like, this isn't a football movie. You're the same assholes that say that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, okay? You're the same assholes. Stop it right now. This is a football movie at a different level, at a different stage, on a different game. Die Hard is a different kind of Christmas movie at a different level, at a different stage, a different game. Respect it, all right? Respect the game, respect the football. You know, uh, we saw Damon Wayans throw the football once, did a fantastic job, broke a guy's neck who was, was assaulting a young woman. So yeah, there you go. We all win. See how that works? See, if you, Dick and I have talked about this. If you say it with confidence, you win. We're saying it with confidence. Confidence is this is a football movie because it revolves around conspiracies in football. I want to know in LA where they drove up in the mountains so quickly. And they'd have been caught for hours. Where they've been Big Bear? This is amazing. This girl keeps pointing the gun at Wayne's, by the way. You gotta stop doing that. You gotta stop pointing the gun at someone. Gun safety, number one. Hold on. Got a drink. Oh, he's putting on that tassel jacket like it's a big deal. Like it's a big deal. <clears throat> so, folks, 
We've gone over a lot here so far. We went over kneeling and Kaepernick. We went over the abuse of women in uh, in the NFL by by uh, just superstars in general. We um, we went over geez, we went over NFL players and their artistic talents. We went over goats. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You know, we, we've gone over just a, a ton of stuff. And the movie. And conspiracy theories of the NFL. You know, my dad and I were talking the other day, and he's like, oh, the NFL's probably just totally fixed. He believes the whole the whole thing is fixed from, from soup to nuts, and there's been some YouTube videos breaking down, calls made, and uh, and what those calls mean and everything else. So... Those parts are, of course, uh, they're, they're, they're very interesting. I, I haven't watched the video yet. He was going to send it to me. Uh, he's up in Montana, so it might be coming by a carrier pigeon through YouTube. Who knows? But, you know, there's, there's a, I think you can make, you can make an argument in, in a game that doesn't have, outside of instant replay, doesn't have any real electronics around it, right? Uh, that it's all human error. Um, and you get to challenge it a couple of, you get to challenge human error a couple of times. But in a couple of times, there's a, there's a play all the time, and you can't challenge every human error, right? I mean, there's only certain calls at certain times you can make certain challenges. And so in that aspect, it really is run by people and their biases. Not only their biases for the teams, but also let's look at their biases of what they want to look for. Where is their sweet spot? You know, just like someone has a sweet spot for a jump shot, or someone has a, you know, from the corner, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like his bias was a hook shot. It just was. Uh, Joe Montana's bias through the West Coast offense was a five to seven yard pass or a handoff, right? I mean, that's just what it was. He wasn't throwing the ball 50 yards. He, was, he wasn't doing it. Maybe 20 or 30, Jerry Rice on a, on a slant post, but there you go, that's it. That's where he capped out. So those were the biases, if you will. Um, you know, so there, there's biases there, man. There, there's just going to be. It's, it's the way it is. You can't change it. You're not going to. So they're going to look for certain things. So you can break it down and be like, hey, look, at my conspiracy theory is valid because A, they missed this call. B, this call created this. And C, these two things happened. So this person won the game. All true. Absolutely. But you need to maybe look at the last... 20, 50, 100 games that the ref, uh, the, the ref judged and the umpire judge or the linesman judge and see, do they all, do they make that call all the time? Do they? Make that call all the time. And if they make that call all the time, then, then you get to break it down. Then you get to go, oh, okay. You know, I got an idea. This person just biased towards looking for out of bounds looking for holding on the left side, looking for pass interference only when it comes X, Y, and Z way. These are the things, these are the two things of the 100 things that this person regularly looks for. And in regularly looking for those things, there we go. We got it. So one of my favorite movies, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is, uh, is Bruce Willis gets, uh, his daughter comes up, she's got the, the, the cat, and uh, he's, he's been, he's held at gunpoint. He even, Wayne's and Willis held at gunpoint. Daughters come along, of course, right? And it's like, oh, this guy's such a fat fuck. You know, ha, 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 I wish he'd go on a diet. And then boom, 
Why? Because she put the gun in there. It is a, uh, it's a puppet, and she put the gun in the puppet and was able to save his life and Wayne's life. And there you go. And they're safe. And they're healthy, and they're happy, and they are a multicultural two guys and a girl in a relationship like these two gentlemen are who obviously both like ladies at the time of this movie um i think they're gonna that's what they're doing they're finding they're finding a unique way to fall in love it's special it's real special i like that a little cute little couple little little flash forward to a to a life where where two men and, and a girl can can be in a relationship and one can be poor and one can be rich and one can oh both can go down a cliff but who's going to survive and what i'm trying to figure out sorry i'm a little distracted because i'm really trying to figure out what kind of shitty absolutely shitty convertible uh damon wayans had that's ah oh, so awful like i mean the bad guys shoot off the roof this is by the way if there was ever a scene somewhat stolen like if you're just going after an idea or a concept. Uh, you, you watch this film and then you watch this. So one eighteen fifty. you watch from one hour, 18 minutes and 50 seconds, right? You watch it and then go watch it. The opening scene of sexy beast. And you tell me, you tell me what's going on, kid. Cause I'll tell you what's going on. Super simple. Super fucking simple. Yeah, it's a steal. Pool, big explosion splash. And I'm sure you can go back and find other ones. But there you go. And I don't know who that guy is. He's very funny, though. I really enjoy him as an actor. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's good. Who's the daughter, too? I need to do some research. Did this daughter do anything else? She's a good actress. She's funny. I like her. She's a few. She's one of the, she's the only kid actress I've ever seen uh really holding a lot of stage time that is also uh yeah she's embraces drinking a pepsi though see this is where we part ways uh guy's got a bmw 750 good for him he just stole it from him he's drinking he's got orange juice she's drinking pepsi uh-oh bad guy's still alive bada boom bada bang always got to check for the bad guy so there we go so we're all caught up then hold on one second. Um, I gotta open another beer, kids. One more beer. <clears throat> it's a three beer movie. We've got, I don't know, like 20 minutes left or something. It'll be perfect. So hold on. We're gonna get to the car scene. Uh, they're going after the guy to try to let them know he's got a bomb in his car instead of the cash in his car. Very funny scene. This is very Fletch-esque in the way they're driving through traffic. Gotta love it. But before we get to there, love beer. And there we go. Final beer break. So, uh, Damon Wayans draws what could quite possibly be the worst bomb of all time. Instead of actually writing the word bomb, which I think is interesting, he draws a circle. It looks like a, it looks like a weird fucked up pineapple instead of a bomb. I don't know why you wouldn't write bomb. B-O-M-B. Like, it seems like it's kind of a win, right? It seems like it's pretty easy to just write right up. Like, oh, bomb. There you go. Gotcha. Uh, but no, not so much. It is just, I don't know, it's so weird. But yeah, so 
the Wayans, the 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 Wayans and Willis guys, they've missed the off ramp. He's got that beautiful BMW though. He's not even caring what's happening with it. That's for sure. But that said, they're gonna win. I'm telling you what. Spoiler alert. These sons of bitches are gonna win. They're gonna win, and I'll tell you why. Because Bruce Willis doesn't lose. He doesn't lose in Die Hard. He doesn't lose in Die Hard 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6. He doesn't lose in any movie that he's in. He's not a loser. He's a winner. He's a winner that understands overpasses, Ivy, and what the fuck is going on in the world. That's right. Ooh, and killing innocent people, or somewhat innocent people. Jeez. Well, I mean, they're all bad, right? They're all kind of fucking bad. I like that in all of this, LA traffic is still moving right along around them. That part's hilarious. Uh, another BMW mention, well, uh, 335. They're like, hey, what's happening? But yeah, so anyway, so there you go. Uh, other things to talk about. You guys remember car phones? That's why I bring it up real quick because, you know, the bad guy's got a car phone. He knows the car phone number and he's got his daughter and there's, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a car phone carnival, if you will. It's exactly what it is. This bad guy, by the way, this bad guy is good and horrible all at the same time. He has uh, got awful hair, scar on the side of his face, weird voice. Uh, when you watch the movie, trust me. Weird, super, super weird voice. Um, yeah, they got a bomb. They got the bomb. They got everything they need. They got guns. They flipped a limo. This limo had a lot of guns in it. My goodness. This is an aggressive limo with, with aggressive parts and stuff in it, that's for sure. Uh, but no, they also got, they got, they got the, the super huge car phone. It's, do you remember those? I don't know. There's a younger generation that's just, no, I remember my parents having a, a phone, and all they did is they just had a phone, and they carried it around, and some of them were big, some of them were small. StarTac was super small. It just happens. But yeah, I don't know. I remember the car phone. My dad had one. It's fancy. I don't know why he had it, but he did. He had the car phone. Um, I don't know. Interesting. That didn't have a lot of depth. That tangent had little, if any, depth whatsoever. They are playing in the Coliseum. So, LA, uh, the uh, Rams are now in LA, as well as the Chargers. They're both playing up there. They, uh, they're waiting for a new stadium, right? They're getting this beautiful new stadium, I believe in Culver City. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Uh, but in this movie, they're playing at the LA Coliseum. If you've been to the Coliseum, a couple things you need to know about with the Coliseum. A, it's a shithole. B, it's in a shithole part of town. C, it's an absolute shithole. And D, the seats could not be farther away from the field. In fact, they are about 40 yards away from the field. It's an awful place to watch a game. Absolutely awful place. But what do I know? I watch football from the television. It's what I do. So we're at the we're at the twenty minute mark here, folks. Almost twenty minutes left of the film. The bad guy owner, he kind of, you know, he's just I don't know. 
He's got the daughter. He's got everything that he wants. He's got the shitty haircut. He's uh, he's Boss Hog esque, if you will. Uh, you know, in his all white suit and his belly, and he's got that southern drawl. He's got that tiny little overbite, like the just the fucktard that he is. You know, it's just it's not it's not good at all. But hey, man, he's the boss. He's the boss hog. It's what he does. Hey, hey, big boy. But there's something, man, there's something about that. I don't know. It's just such a, a reminiscent of just old white guy assholes. I mean, uh, I wish the dollop would do a podcast. I mean, they, they kind of do, right, on every old white guy asshole. But, you know, you just, you try to, you try to bunch it out to, to a couple that, that maybe runs sports. You know, uh, they're right, man. If you are, if you are a, a new culture back in the day and white people show up, you need to fucking shoot. Shoot first, ask questions later, because they're going to fuck your culture and they're going to steal your shit. That is what white people did back in the day. It is just a fact. What I am wondering is, not the boss hog guy, not the daughter, who's got four different layers. I'm not my nose itches. Sorry, you're hearing something weird. It's me scratching my nose. Uh, it just itches. But also, um, I'm wondering with Damon Wayans, his fashion choices, or choice, if you will, was that a bit, I can't remember if that was kind of a big deal or not. It has the tassels in the back. It's got some embroidery going on. And it's real nice. I mean, it's really nice. You know, he, uh, I don't know that it's, I mean, it's something I would still wear today. In fact, I was talking to Father John Keeling. Uh, Dirty Bills is having their 10-year uh, anniversary party, September 30th. Yeah, get your nuts out for that party, people. September 30th. They are doing it. 10 year anniversary party. 10 year, and by the way, Damon Williams just got his hand shot. Looks like it fucking hurt. Have you seen the video on Instagram of the guy who shoots himself in the foot? Oh, Jesus. He screams, and I don't blame him. Uh -uh. But yeah, Dirty Bills have their 10 year anniversary party, and uh, goodness gracious, my fucking face just itches. Sorry. Dirty Bills, talking to Father John. His outfit is going to be fucking epic. Short shorts, corduroy short shorts, bright red corduroy short shorts is what he's wearing. They've got a one inch inseam. A one inch, think about this, hold on. He's a, he's a seven foot tall man. Do you know how much fucking leg he's gonna be showing? Do you know how high and tight his briefs have to be? He's gonna have to damn near buy a thong. I mean, high and tight and out of sight. I don't know what he's going to do with his nuts and his dick. He's going to have to pull him up to his belly button. There's just going to be a huge bulge up front. Just a huge bulge. This man is 70. All the leg he's going to show. And then he's got some shirts. He's, he made some custom Dirty Bill shirts. He made one for Leslie. Uh, it's just, you know, it's going to be. She is building a floor, a light-up dance floor. This floor... Is just going to light up to music. It's the DJ is going to be rocking. Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a rough. Well, I shouldn't say rough weekend. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend for me. Day before we do our October fast, where we cook and drink and pass out free booze for the wonderful people of the Central Texas Food Bank. So we're doing that, right? So that's going to be fun. We're getting that knocked out, which is going to be absolutely great. We're really, really excited about that one. And then the next day, Dirty Bills. 
And that starts at two, thank goodness, right? So that's, that's, that's a lot of fun because we get to start that at two. So you gotta, you gotta clean up, maybe go see a little baby Jesus, go have, go have a little church time. <laughs> I don't know, go have some fun. But we're gonna be here all day, drinking and eating just brats and just farting and drinking and raising money. Last year we raised like a thousand bucks. Not a lot to a lot of people, but I'll tell you what, to that food bank, man, that's 25 cents. It is what it is. It's so much fun. So we're gonna do that, we're gonna have some fun, and then the next day, Dirty Bill's anniversary party. And that's where you win. That's where you get it. That's where you're gonna have really a lot of fun because I get to see John's leg, I get to see all the shit that he does, and then boom, we get to have some fun. Dance, drink, I'll take an Uber home early, I'll be home by like six. I'm gonna last like four hours. I'm not playing basketball, I'm not doing shit. Uh, I'm just trying to hang out. He's gonna stay all night long, I'm sure, find himself a nice young lady, he's single, ready to mingle, he's gonna have a great time. He's gonna do that action. But uh, yeah, more importantly, yeah, Dirty Bill's 10 years. 10 strong, strong years uh, at, uh, at the wonderful Austin, uh, West 6th, nonetheless. It's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, so we are, uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, tell you what, we're closing out September strong. I'm debating on a sober October. There's a big party that's really excited about it. That's just like, oh man, sober October, that's what I really want. Uh, and hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I really want that. Uh, at the same time, as one of those like, I don't know. Man, do I do hot yoga? Do I work out every day? Do I sit in the sauna every day? Like, what do I do that's different that 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 makes the change? And I don't know what that is, but I'll I'm gonna try to figure it out, right? So, in everything uh, with uh, with it, we're gonna I don't know. I'm gonna talk to Jason Dick, see if we can have some fun, do a little sober October action and uh, have a good time, but I'm debating. I might not too. I might be backing out only because it's just me, you know? I don't know. It is what it is. So we're, uh, we're at the uh, almost end, right? We've got a couple minutes left. I think 10 minutes left of Real Movie. They got the credits and everything else. They got to roll, right? So Bruce Willis has to leave his daughter one more time, but she knows exactly how much exactly how much uh, she, her dad loves her, right? But he's, he's not the best at showing it. Uh, they're gonna stop an assassination attempt of the asshole <clears throat> that is the asshole that got Bruce Willis fired, that turned him into the, the guy that he is, right? And of course the cops are coming after him. Why? Because he is Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis has to, he can't just go out, right? He's gotta be wanted, he's gotta go out and be wanted. And that horrible piece of shit bad guy that survived the car explosions that blew up into the pool, that kidnapped his daughter, that took him to the fat son of a bitch, uh, asshole owner, that guy is also an expert marksman and he is going to try to kill the politician that Bruce Willis once beat the shit out of. And why? Because that's just what fucking happens. So, welcome, people. To the closing. And David Wayne's gonna ride a horse! Fucking love this! This is where it gets good! He just gets on a horse. The politician's such a douche. He's like, oh, look at that guy. Fucking that guy's on a horse. Dun 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 dun. Give me the ball! Dun 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 dun. 
The bad guy's up, ready to shoot him. Damon Wayans is on a horse, he's riding out and about. By the way, uh, the team is the Stallions, if you're wondering why there's a horse at a fucking football game. That's why. Now, if you, if you go in rewind, you go back to the beginning of the movie. Damon Wayans uh, standing still with a guy sexually assaulting a woman, threw a football and hit him right in the face. Boom. Now Damon Wayans has an opportunity with his expert arm and everything else to save a man's life. He throws the ball, the ball's in the air, there goes the gun, hits the man in the face, breaks his nose, and that's right, the man misses. And now there's anger. There's anger from the shooter because he's missed. And all of this, guess what? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Bruce Willis is there. Oh, that guy still has his gun. For sure, calm down, Bruce. For sure, calm down. Lights are exploding. He is hanging on for dear life. Ooh. Oh, jeez. These are the end moments where you wonder, what the hell is going on, right? Like, who, who drew up this movie? It's aggressive. The end is very aggressive. This bad guy's shooting down helicopters. His gun's jammed. Willis has climbed back up. He's like, hey, I got your bag. What's up, fuckhead? Let's dance. I'm going to throw my gun at you. Willis catches it. Bam! Oh, stabbed in the leg. Shot through the leg. I mean, stabbed in the leg. But I'll tell you what. In this movie, Bruce Willis uh, really holds his own in the fact that he's an excellent puncher, excellent fighter. Excellent. He does it all. Why? Because he used to protect politicians. He's a very, very special man. A very special man. Folks, outside of some outside of some hugs and some kisses and everything else, this is uh this is it, man. This part of the movie goes straight to hell. Get the fuck out of here. This is what it's about, man. In pain, in agony, and everything. In the small victories and the big victories, he finds a way to smile and dance the jig. He dances. Get up and dance, man. Seriously. Get up. Get up and dance. You gotta get up and dance. In all of the things that we do, and in the hard times, the good times, as bad as the shitties his life is, he got stabbed in the leg, the politicians coming after him, Everyone's counting him out, and he doesn't win every war. He doesn't win every battle. He loses his wife to a fat fuck with a bad mustache. Guess what? Still dances. He still dances. Get up off your ass and dance. I don't care if you're a good dancer or a bad dancer. I don't care if your kid's watching, your wife's watching, or no one's watching, man. Do a little shimmy. Here's two things to leave you with right now. Seriously. Two things. A, dance. Can't say it enough, man. Do a little dance, a little dance in the shower, a little shimmy when you're getting dressed. Do a little boogie. Have some fun, man. Have some, put the conspiracy theories, the kneeling, the beating, all the shit behind. Look at the people around you you can touch and love for a moment and dance. And love some people and tell your friends you love them. Two, look in the mirror and say you love me. Say I love you to you because you're you. So, say I love you.
Okay? Just do it. Why? Because you should. Because you should. Because guess what? You can't love you. No one else can love you. So love you. Love yourself better than anything else. All right? There you go, folks. There it is, man. Love, love, love. Dance, dance, dance. We're going to take care of the big problems. We're going to take care of the little problems. We're going to take care of the things that look like problems and aren't problems. We're going to do all those things. But we can't do any of them. If all of us can't dance a little bit, can't love a little bit, can't hug a little bit, can't kiss a little bit, can't look at their brother or their sister or the person next to them and just help them out and give them some love, you got to do all those things. Then we can tackle the big issues. We can. But you can't forget the small ones. All right? You just, you can't forget the small ones. And the small ones are secretly the biggest ones. Right? Loving yourself, putting a smile, making yourself laugh, having a good time, dancing. Do those things, man. You're dating someone, you're single, you got your kid. Throw some music on and just throw out a little dance. And then try to stop it and see what happens. Watch people kick their heels in. Watch them go, wait, let's dance some more. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's right. That's what it's about. So hey, there you go. Dance, dance, dance. Love, love, love. Fun, fun, fun. For whatever it's worth. And in the end, just like this movie, know that the fat, rich, cunty assholes get blown up in the end. They just do. They don't all win. The Boy Scouts, the good people, the people that give back, the people that love, the people that laugh, the people that dance, the people that care for the people around them and tackle the little issues first, being their issues versus the big issues that divide us, but focus on the little issues that, that bring us together, all of those things. And we focus on what we love first and second, we dance. Do those things, man. We're going to win. Those rich, fat assholes that try to fuck the earth, that try to fuck us, they'll lose. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. They'll get blown up. They will. I promise you. Worry about you. Worry about your kid. Worry about life. Worry about love. Like I said, do a little dance. Dance a little jig. Bruce Willis did. It was beautiful. So with all that, party people. Now you get to listen to my daughter. Drop a deucer and have a little fun. I love you guys. All of one, all you guys and gals. People in the Netherlands and Canada and countries I can't pronounce. Everyone, love you. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Give a friend a hug. Give a friend a text. See how they're doing. Dance a little bit and have some love. Boy, that's a lot of repetition, but it's so true and it's so worth it. Alright, until next time. Here you go, little Harper J dropping a poop.